The first reading is from Paul's letters to the Ephesians, chapter 1, verses 3 to 14. And it's on page 1173 in the Church Bible. Although, helpfully, it doesn't actually have 1173 on the page, so you just have to go for the previous page number. So it's 1173, Ephesians chapter 1, verses 3 to 14. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing in Christ. For he chose us in him before the creation of the world to be holy and blameless in his sight. In love he predestined us for adoption to sonship through Jesus Christ, in accordance with his pleasure and will, to the praise of his glorious grace which he has freely given us in the one he loves. In him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins in accordance with the riches of God's grace that he lavished on us. With all wisdom and understanding, he made known to us the mystery of his will according to his good pleasure, which he purposed in Christ to be put into effect when the times reach their fulfilment, to bring unity to all things in heaven and on earth under Christ. In him we were also chosen, having been predestined according to the plan of him who works out everything in conformity with the purpose of his will, in order that we, who were the first to put our hope in Christ, might be for the praise of his glory. And you also were included in Christ when you heard the message of truth, the gospel of your salvation. When you believed, you were marked in him with a seal, the promised Holy Spirit, who is a deposit guaranteeing our inheritance until the redemption of those who are God's possession, to the praise of his glory. The second reading is taken from John, um, chapter 1, reading from verse 1, and it's on page 1063 in the Church Bible. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Through him all things were made, Without him, nothing was made that has been made. In him was life, and that life was the light of all mankind. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. He came as a witness to testify concerning that light, so that through him all might believe. He himself was not the light. He came only as a witness to the light. The true light that gives light to everyone was coming into the world. He was in the world, and though the world was made through him, the world did not recognize him. He came to that which was his own, but his own did not receive him. Yet to all who did receive him, To those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. Children born not of natural descent, nor of human decision, or of a husband's will, but born of God. The word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. We have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only Son who came from the Father, full of grace and truth. John testified concerning him. 
He cried out, saying, This is the one I spoke about when I said, He who comes after me has surpassed me, because he was before me. Out of his fullness we have all received grace, in place of grace already given. For the law was given through Moses, grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. No one has ever seen God but the one and only Son, who is himself God and is in the closest relationship with the Father, has made him known. Hello everybody. Happy New Year for the third, fourth time. (laughs) Maybe just pray. Lord Holy Spirit, will you anoint your word for the glory of God the Father and God the Son and the extension of his kingdom. Amen. Two fantastic readings, both my favourites actually, so I've got no excuse. (laughs) Um, We're going to look at John 1 first. Obviously we've just celebrated Christmas and I apologise, I've got a croaky throat so I hope you can hear me. And this is a time of course when all Christians celebrate the coming of our Saviour and God's only begotten Son, part of him who was sent into the world to teach us about God, who at that time was really unknown or or forgotten, and ultimately to redeem us from our sins and to restore our loving, eternal relationship with God. In this wonderful passage, John speaks first of a glorified Christ. He is God, and by him all things were made in him, was it life eternal? And by a miracle of God, he came into the world, God Emmanuel, God with us, as a small human baby, innocent, terribly vulnerable, dependent on his parents, as all infants are. He laid down his majesty, authority and glory as Lord of Lords and King of Kings, to willingly become God's predestined instrument of salvation for humanity. Yet we see in verses 10 and 11 of our reading that the world did not recognise him. He came to that which was his own, but his own did not receive him. People still do that today, sadly. They do not believe in him. Worse, They believe they do not need a God. In today's world, many believe that human logic, especially science, has replaced the need for faith in God. And we see the results of people turning away from God and his teaching in the chaos and the violence and the suffering in our world. The hopelessness and despair many increasingly live in in our modern society, which we are promised is only getting better. But Jesus came to bring hope and salvation from sin and restoration to humanity. Verse 12, yet to all who received him, to those who believe in his name, he gave the right to become children of God, Only by God's loving grace and mercy 
can we become children of God, but we must receive and believe that we have received this great gift from God. It is an act of faith. We cannot earn our reward for God's forgiveness to some faiths believe and eternal life in heaven. We do not deserve it. We can never be good enough. Only faith in God and his salvation in Christ will save and restore us. And now we come to our second reading from Ephesians 1. We are predestined to be God's sons. Approximately a thousand years before the Lord Jesus Christ was born, Israel's greatest king, David, who was also a prophet of God, wrote this in Psalm 139. For you created my inmost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. I know that full well. My frame is not hidden from you. When I was made in the secret place and your eyes saw my unformed body, all the days ordained for me were written in your book before one of them came to be. You see, God has a plan for each one of us. He wants us all to believe in him and thus be saved from our sins. This is the route he has chosen for us. But humans are not slaves or robots to be ordered about. God wants us to believe in him and to love him. To do that, we have to choose to believe in him and receive our salvation in Christ. For love, as we know, must be freely given. It cannot be bought or demanded. We all know this to be true. As God has chosen us, we too must choose him. Verse 5 in our reading. In love, he predestined us to be adopted as sons through Jesus Christ in accordance with his pleasure and will. Jesus, as we know, is the only begotten Son of God, part of God himself. God predestined, he decreed from eternity, that those who believe in his Son, Jesus Christ, would be adopted as sons of God, because as sons, we are able to receive the full inheritance of blessing and righteousness in Christ, which God wants to give to all believers. Jesus died on the cross to pay the redemption price for our sins. Colossians 1, 13 and 14 says, When you were dead in your sins and your sinful nature, God made you alive with Christ. He forgave us all our sins, having cancelled the written code, the law, with its regulations which condemned us and was against us and that stood to oppose us, he took it away, nailing it to his cross. We sing a hymn, don't we? My sin, not in part but the whole, is nailed to his cross and I bear it no more. Praise the Lord, praise the Lord. Oh, my soul is gone. Verse 7, if our reading confirms that, 
In him, Christ, we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins, in accordance with the riches of God's grace that he has lavished on us with all wisdom and understanding. God's grace is lavished on us. What a wonderful word that is. It means it's given prolifically, abundantly, unstintingly, extravagantly, to overflowing. That is the grace we receive this morning. For he is not a God of half measures. He's a full-on God. Hallelujah. And our salvation is sealed in us by God. Verse 13. And you also were included in Christ when you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation. Having believed, you were marked with a seal, the promised Holy Spirit. The outpouring of the Holy Spirit was foretold by the prophet Joel many centuries again before Jesus Christ was born. God promised that he would pour out his spirit on all humans, Joel 2. You see, God keeps his promises over hundreds, even thousands of years. And their fulfilment will not be late, not even one day, what scripture promises us. God's word is irrevocable. You can rely on it. Hallelujah. So why is being sealed important? We cannot see this seal because it's a spiritual seal placed on us by God when we believe in him and our salvation through the Lord Jesus Christ. The Holy Spirit enters into us as believers. He protects and preserves Christians until they reach their full inheritance. And he certifies the ownership of God for the believer because we bear the royal seal within us. Some years ago, many actually, <laughs> I was a company secretary for Lloyd's Banking Group and I ran 30 companies for the group. Part of my duties were to affix the company seals to various documents including share certificates and powers of attorney. Without the seal, these documents were worthless bits of paper. However, with the seal affixed by myself and another officer, they became legally binding on the bank. From being just worthless bits of paper, they became worth millions of pounds. And that's how we've become, from being lost and without hope, we've become inestimably valuable and worth to God, his sons, in fact. Also, members of the armed forces bear the emblem or seal of the monarch, and they are recognised as belonging to the crown, the country. If they are threatened or captured the country will go to many lengths to bring them home because they represent the country. We represent the Lord on this planet. 
we bear this spiritual royal seal, which both angels and, yes, demons, and there are demons, can see. So they know that we belong to the King of Kings and God himself. Our authority to live and to act for God lies in our sealing and indwelling of the Holy Spirit. Through the gift of the Holy Spirit sealed in us, we receive wisdom and understanding, inner strength, access to God's presence 24-7, unity with God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit, inspiration and help to live a godly life, authority and power in prayer, that's so important, and the ability to fully worship and praise the Lord. All these gifts are what marks believers as God's people and are essential to our Christian life. But you know, that's not enough. (laughs) No, there's more blessings still yet to come. In verse 14, it says, The Holy Spirit, who is a deposit guaranteeing our inheritance until the redemption of those who are God's possession to the praise of his glory. The Holy Spirit seals us as a deposit in part fulfillment in this life of our full inheritance in Christ. It's God's guarantee God's guarantee can't be changed through his Holy Spirit in us that we will inherit all that has been promised to us by God because God always keeps his word. But the blessings we receive now are just a foreshadowing. We still await our full inheritance in the final and total redemption of the world by God at the end of time. So in conclusion, we have seen God's salvation plan formed before creation. His only begotten Son, the Lord Jesus Christ, sent into this world as a human being, but without sin and full of the Holy Spirit, to teach us God's ways and to pay the redemption price on the cross for humanity's sins, past, present, and future. To bring God's salvation to the world, to save us, to fill us, and to restore us through sealing us with the Holy Spirit, thus guaranteeing for us a loving and eternal relationship with our God. Now, there may be some people here today who do not know this amazing God, or they may have followed him once, but sadly, no longer. If you've heard anything today which has stirred you, please do not leave this church without speaking to some of the people that will be here at the front or near the leaders of the church. We will be thrilled to speak with you and talk with you and pray with you. You're not committing to the church, but to an amazing God who loves you so much. So start 2020 with new hope.
And I can only end with praise to our wonderful Lord God. So I'm going back to Psalm 9-1 and that amazing King David who said this. I will praise you, O Lord, with all my heart. I will tell of your wonders. I will be glad and rejoice in you. I will sing your name, O Most High. May our gracious Lord bless and keep you always. Amen.